When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody. Oh, it's another glorious day in training camp. You wake up, you smell the, the, the adrenaline, the testosterone, a little bit of blood maybe. You know, you got all kinds of stuff going out there. You got guys drooling on the field. By golly, it's good to be field side here. What say you, Wes? I completely agree with you, Wolf. It's a wet one here on campus today, but we'll take it. We're surviving. We're, we're under a tent. We're all right here. And uh, yeah, day one in the books. Excited for day two. You know, it was really funny because I remember back in the day, one of the things that we did when I was up uh, in Minnesota was we do hydroplanes during training camp. One of the fat guys. You know, I mean, because we have a good field. It's all nice and, and, and trimmed up and everything. Got, you know, Get the grass cut low like a putting green, right? Sure, sure. So then you get deluged with the, a big old rainstorm. So then it comes like at the end of practice, like going, well, man, I, I think I could set a slide record today. So you, you're only allowed to have a 10-yard run. Okay. okay. That was the Ten official Ten-yard head start. And then you go face first, you know, and you got to arch, hit your chest to the ground, and hydroplane <laughs> and see how far you can go. Like you're a penguin down in exactly. Antarctica, Exactly. That's right? exactly it. And you know what? I set a record up in Minnesota at Mankato State. By golly, I went a good, uh, I think it was 13 yards. I just hydroplaned, man. It was. I got moving. That's impressive. Uh, now, it's not as good as my effort at, at uh, Three Rivers. At Three Rivers one time uh, – after practice, Tunch and I engaged in a little bit of that frivolity, as you will, you know, mm-hmm. you understand. Mm-hmm. And so we got to our hydroplane in there, and I think I, I knocked up a, a 17 or an 18 yard hydroplane. There you go. That was just, you know, of course. Now, was that AstroTurf? Yeah, that, that was st- AstroTurf. Okay, I was yeah, going to say. Grass. That makes a little more sense. Yeah, it, it's, it's different. And grass, uh, you know, it's it's not quite got the, the uh, nice uh, silicone, like. <laughs> You know, shot on it. You know, so you can get you get some real speed going. Absolutely, up there, absolutely. Know? Now it's, it's all fast, in the it's arch. A fast track, you know, like absolutely. they like they like they say in track and field, it's a fast track out here. You know, well, they it is. say that in NASCAR and, sometimes. And too, here's I think. the thing: you gotta, you know, you gotta kind of look at it, see where the water's pooled a little. Okay, that's part of the equation. Yeah, you gotta lube yourself up. Absolutely, you get a little lubed up, and then when you run, you gotta run up, and you can't dive and then go down. You've got to lower yourself and extend out almost like a, the, the long jump or triple jump, you know. And you've got to make sure you get that arch when you hit the water so that you get the good hydroplane. Otherwise, um, with a fat gut, you know, you got to sling her out front and it'll just grind you to a halt like a nothing. You, know, so you got to be careful, guys. The guys will be greasing themselves up. Exactly. Baby oil or Cresco See, or whatever. Casey Hampton wouldn't do well at that. He's a big – Yeah, he's, a, he's like a, a big splash guy. You know, he could win a big splash contest. But I don't think he could lengthen out a good hydro You've got to be aerodynamic. Yes, yes, yeah. more like that. Yeah. I think Brett Kiesel would have done well because he had the yep. acceleration, long body. He had good ligamentation along his backside, and he could get the good arch. Yeah. you got to have know? that. Like, it's like the almost like the Olympic luge. you got to yeah, have or that. Or the ski that, jumpers, yeah. you know, when they're out over the ski. There you go. <laughs> Wolf, 
I saw. Welcome, well, first of all, welcome everybody again to training camp. It is Wolf and Wes. We are efforting our man Max, who's still ensconced in Phoenix. Uh, he will he will be up here in camp, feet on the ground, boots in camp uh, on Friday. Woo. But uh, after that, uh, you know, and then everything gets going. That's but, tomorrow. Uh, yeah, is it tomorrow? What's today? Today's Thursday. Oh yeah, it is it, training camp. It's a little bit wolf like when you were a kid in the summertime. You don't really know what day it is. It could be Tuesday. No. It could be Thursday. It could be Saturday. It's just it's a day that there's practice, right? It's a day yes. you don't have school. When, when, when you're a kid growing up, when you're in grade school, right, it's summertime, it's just a day you don't have school. Today's just a day you have practice. That's exactly it. Nobody knows a day that you have practice better than Max Starks, right? Because Max, he's a training camp guy here. He knew what it was all about. Max, second day of camp, what are you thinking? Uh, get my body moving, make sure that it actually, my feet pick up and, and put down and, and I'm praying that I don't oversleep for the first, for the first meeting in practice. You, know, you start, you start going, you're like, make sure you have your clothes laid out. You're like, okay, what am I wearing to the locker room? You know, which outfit am I going to put on, on the field? So it's just a basic Whoa, 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 whoa. No, wait a minute. You, you pre-plan your outfits because I, I will tell you for me, in the midst of doubles and everything, you, my outfit was the least of my worries. You know, matter of fact, Tunch used to remind me, that's a two-week T-shirt you're wearing there, bud. You might want to – there's too many flies landing on it, okay? You might want to no, change no, your T-shirt. No, you've, you've got to be clean. You've got to be clean, Wolf, <laughs> first and foremost. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Let's not forget that. No, no. I, I, I packed clothing in my bag when I showed up to camp. So when I look at that, I'm like, listen, I got to be clean when I walk across. And then when you leave, because when you leave practice in the afternoon, fans are there. You're signing autographs. I don't want flies and fleas jumping from me to them. You know, they, they come for a clean experience here. Come on. We got we to gotta have a little bit. Have a have a little bit of pride about ourselves. Now, now, will I throw a shirt in the laundry bag uh, that the team washes? Absolutely. That's called cost effectiveness. I'm not trying to wash in the in the bottom of Benedict Hall. I'm not trying to find a coin op, you know, laundry. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I, I want to make sure the clothes I'm wearing at least clean. You know, there there there's no mustard stain on there from lunch that I'm carrying over, you know, to the next week. You know, you, you got to have a little bit of cleanliness. Come on, we're hogs, but we're clean hogs. <laughs> you know, you're just blown apart. All the, the, the you know, everything I thought a hog was all about, you know. And, of course, you, no, you know. If but, <laughs> but think about this. I mean, <laughs> we're, ahead, not in slop. we're not in slop. We're on a field. Yes, it might be waterlogged right now. But, you know, you still you want to feel a sense of, you know what? I, I'm a I'm a good looking dude. You know, listen, we get enough negative <laughs> press about being fat. You know, cut off midriff, belly hanging out. I mean, you know, you gotta have a little bit of decorum here to try and change the narrative. <laughs> I, I, I I'm I'm really I'm I'm out of words. I mean, I'm sitting here going, Max, of anybody that you would back me up on, you know, you're not really worried about personal hygiene no, all that much no, during training you camp. Still, you, you still have to have basic. <laughs> I'm not saying I need to have a full outfit that matches. I just want to know, <laughs> hey, 
these clean shorts actually smell like they're, they're like they're somewhat clean because I will be interacting with other human beings throughout my day, <laughs> and I don't want I don't want to I don't want them wearing a gas mask around me. <laughs> Frankly, I wouldn't notice if they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what those commercials? Remember those Febreze commercials? Have you seen them on TV? Yes. You've gone nose blind. I don't want to go nose blind. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying. But, Listen, but, now, now, granted, I'll now say this, this is, Wolf. What's that? I, I, you'll probably be smelling like Tiger Ball by day five. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep, there, there's no doubt about it. You got the Tiger Bomb. You also got the atomic, uh, what was it, uh, atomic stuff? Like, uh, oh, yeah, atomic the atomic heat. Yeah, atomic yeah. heat. Oh, yeah. I mean, now that stuff there, I will never forget when the dirty trickster, Mike Webster, when he um, took a bunch of, like, a, he took a knife and he got hold of Tyrone McGriff's uh, jockstrap and he just covered it with uh, atomic bomb. All right, and it Poor Tyrone didn't know it and put it on. He got out there. When you start sweating, you know how that interacts with the, the atomic bomb and it's on fire? Oh, no. That's <laughs> the one where you have to make sure that you pre-clean. <laughs> and then from there, you can actually go about your day. Like, if you don't have the gloves on when you use it. Oh, yeah. And that gets on your fingertips or any yep. other place on your butt. It feels like your, your skin is melting. Oh, yes. And imagine... In a jock strap, and that skin that that jock strap is covering, it's a little sensitive. The sensitive skin, the sensitive skin, the folds, the kind that folds. You don't want that. <laughs> Poor Tyrone, he was he was miserable. And Raleigh, our line coach at the time, wouldn't let him go into the back in the locker room to take it off. He was hopping around going, oh, 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 oh. So, so, so I have a very funny story about that. All right, let's hear it. Flozell Adams, remember when Flozell was on the team? Oh yeah, big Flozell. So he Flozell, was not one to mess with. Big, hardened veteran, came from Dallas. You know, just a tough man's man, mountain man look yes. type of physical build. He had this stuff. I don't even know the name of it. There wasn't a name on it. He said, if you're going to use Tiger Ball, put a just a, a fingertip, like the top of your fingertip in there and mix it with it. With and, Tiger and Ball? My knees, and my knees were sore. Okay. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to put this on my knee. So I did that, and I put a sleeve over my knee. Uh-oh. We are 15 minutes into practice. Full field of fans everywhere right every open green space is covered and we're sitting in our corner that, that you know that bottom that bottom right corner right, right now the bleachers are there it's kind of yep. where the tree kind of overhangs yep and I, i'm warming up i'm sweating profusely it's not that hot out but i'm sweating profusely i'm like what is going on and i'm like man i'm like i'm heating up internally i'm like what is going on and then we start to move. I'm like, my knee feels great. It feels super loose. feels great. I'm like, man, this is amazing. Ten minutes into practice, I'm like, why does my knee feel like it's, it's, it's a, a flamethrower is just on it? It's on fire. <laughs> and then so I'm like, man, let me just pull my knee down. The air hits it. And I'm like, holy crap. I pull the sleeve back up. 
And I'm like, dude, my knee, my knee is melting. I go over to Flozell. I'm like, Flo, my knee is melting. What do I do? He's like, oh, that means it's working. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, my, I want to cut my knee off with, 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 with a dull saw right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and I am just dying, and he's just laughing. He's like, you put, you, you put too much of the orange stuff on. I'm like, well, why didn't you say something before I applied it? I got a locker right next to you. You're watching me mix this concoction. And he's like, just ride the lightning, young buck. Just ride the lightning. <laughs> Man, I, I'd never use that stuff again. I can imagine. What's in the forecast? Pain. You know, yeah, exactly. Exactly. No yeah. doubt about it, man. Now, Straight to, clubber laying in my knee. <laughs> exactly. All right. Now, one of the things we talked about real uh, quickly early on was the fact that on, on days like today when it's you've got a, a field that's been poured on and stuff, uh, I back in my day, Tunch and I, we used to do a little hydroplaning. You know, you got a 10-yard run up, and then you'd get, hit it. Oh, yeah. Hit it and get it on your chest, you know, using your shoulder yeah. pads. As if you arch good, you know, you got to get out over your skis, like, you know, wide roll of sports, the long jumper. You know, the ski. You got to have the belly. You, yeah. need, you need belly. Like little saucers that you ski downhill on, you know. Exactly. But here's the thing. On a you, bunny know, hill, yeah. you can't flop on the belly because the belly no. will grind you to a halt. You got to arch. Yeah, no, you, you got to arch it to extend the belly to make like that kind of little saucer shape with your body. Exactly. Oh yeah, no, Just no, like, no. I, I, I well, well, well observed. I mean, you don't want to go straight flat down. It's got to be on an angle, right? So you catch, so you catch the slide and ride the wave. <laughs> See, it's so important to be able to have that arch and be able to push that water out in front of you, because if you don't. It it simply just sucks you down to a halt, and then of course you're not on any you're not going to set any records that day, you know? Because no, 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 no. There's no distance records there. No, no, not at all. W- that's... Willie belly flopped once, and it was it was it was Willie Cologne. It was glorious. Oh yeah. Oh man. Now that Talk would be a big. Mu- he was a, it, and he was a muddy buddy the rest of the uh, practice. <laughs> Willie was another one of those guys. You know, he was so thick. He was amazing. I mean, from sternum yeah. to the backside, that dude was thick. Oh, it, it, he was—he was a barrel. Yes. No yeah, no. About he, it. He—he—he was—he was one of those guys. I look at it. It was one of those things where I—I I looked in. <laughs> it what? So. Yeah, I mean, I—I just—it's one of those things where, because I just saw Willie, and he hasn't changed. Okay, that's good. Don't go changing to try yeah. to please me. No, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We got Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room, and the locker room is at St. Vincent College because we are back in training camp. We'll be back with more after this. Orange soda and citrus soda. Familiar soda flavors you crave with the seltzer stats we know you want. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. 
Welcome back, everybody. We are here at St. Vincent College. It's Wolf Starks. Wesley jumping in every now and then. The the ninjas are here. Our man Zach, Ninja Zach, is is dialing up and uh, looking like he's semi interested. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Max, you join me. It's I can't wait till you get up here. What are you getting in tomorrow? Yeah, I fly in tomorrow, so I will be in transit uh, during the show tomorrow. But I'll be there in time for the afternoon practice. Very good. Oh wow. All right, yeah, so you get eyes on, which, of course, is what we got to do, right? That's what we do. Yes. We watch practice. Watching practice is so much more interesting than actually participating in practice. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, you're standing out there, and, you know, you got a little sandwich you got stuck away in your pocket, and you can munch on that throughout the, the course of practice. You know, things oh, yeah, that you, you couldn't you, do. Yeah, pocket snacks, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean. Hot out that. that yeah, that that actually aren't sunflower seeds because you get the sunflower oh. seeds, right? Yeah. But right. it's but you know it, it it's such an arduous task, right? It, it's one of those. Right. You're just you're you're sitting there, you're trying not to eat the shell and trying to find the yeah. little seed in there and then spit yeah. out the rest, and you got a mouthful of them. I it, it's just it, it's way it's way too complex. I I just like to unravel, you know, open a package, put dump it in my mouth and chew. There you, you know, go. It's like it's like no, it's like you're like a chipmunk with with, with an acorn, right? Sitting <laughs> there trying yes. to find the right spot, trying to. Do, 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 do. It's like it's too much work. It's too much work. No doubt about it. Okay, now one of the first things when I was thinking about training camp, thinking about okay, you know how coaches always like to have sort of a theme or uh, something that that highlights offense, defense, a goal, a ten thousand foot view, right? So I'm, yeah. I'm like perusing in my gourd, and I'm trying to figure out. All right, what is it exactly offensively? You know, do we want to start with the running game? But and then it just comes to me and goes, you know what? The theme's got to be you got to start faster. You just got to start faster. The offense only scored thirty-seven points in the first quarter all season long. Get Zooks Max. That's not winning football. You got to come out of the gates faster than that as an offense. Well, and think, and that's also home and away combined. That's yes. totality of seventeen games, right? And so that is something that, you know, has to be the entire focus is what do those first 15 plays look like? Because essentially that's what you're falling on in the first quarter is the scripted first 15 plays. Where are we falling short as far as continuity, as far as rhythm, as far as information and intel gathering? Because also in those first 15, you're trying to set up this defense to see something and react the way that you want them to react. So when those first 15 aren't in sync or things don't go as planned, where's my adjustment? Or what can I do information-wise as coaches, right? Because you got you got the sky cam view, right, which is the coaches up top in the booth. And then you have the on-the-field view, and then you have player feedback that all goes within and coincides with your success on those first two to three drives of the game. And where can we sustain those drives? You know, what, what What set us back in the previous drive that didn't allow us to continue the drive? And then also, you know, how are we communicating the issues that we're seeing on the field that we're not anticipating? Because usually you've gone through all the film study, you've gone through a week of practice right. to develop these 15 plays. And if you don't have continuity, you're not getting proper feedback, okay, how are we communicating all this information to make us more efficient? Because like you said, 37 points is is piss poor when you think about it over 17 games. 
that's less than, that, that's like 2.1 points a game in the first quarter spread out over that time frame that's not even a field goal wolf and right. so you've got to put points on the board and i think you know with mitch trubisky with mason rudolph and kenny pickett all of them need to understand that this is the first barometer is how do we win the first quarter especially when you're talking about half of those games are at home you've got to be able to be engaged and not go into a deficit in the first quarter of the game which we dealt with week in and week out um last season well, think about this, Max. In the final eight games, and that included the postseason, the Steelers scored just 22 points in the first half. I mean, that's, you know, through those final eight games, you think normally your offense gets better as you roll along in the season. You know, everybody get, gets greased and gets their, they know what they're doing, and, and, and so you're, you're simpatico, and as you go through that, that season, you're, everybody is, you know, getting more and more acclimated to what is expected of them and all those things that you talked about, the 15 plays and everything, that it should be juiced even more. But it, it did not uh, material uh, materialize at all for them. The Steelers scored just 175 of 343 in the fourth quarter. It's not like they got stronger as the game went on. I mean, not significantly. You know what I mean? It, it's just yeah. it wasn't happening as well. And it, it, to me, it's, it's, you've got to cultivate this fast start mindset. You cannot think we can come out and kind of get our uh, sea legs in the first quarter and, you know, just kind of use experimentally the 15-play the drive as something that's just going to be something that they can chop up into a game plan the rest of the – there's got to be something more that, that triggers a greater uh, motivation, a greater earnestness in going about your business early on in the game. Well, and, and I think that was one of the things we kind of talked about last year throughout the broadcast, yes, right? I mean, right. it was something where I'm sitting down there on the field, you're up there in the booth watching it from an all 22 perspective, and it just it, there was never any continuity. You never felt like the plays in the first 15 set you up for plays later in the game. It felt very disjointed. It felt very kind of just jumbled together as though they scrambled to put this together like in the middle of the night on Saturday night after the meeting, like, oh, my God, we, we have to put 15 plays out. Jesus, where are we going to get these 15 plays? All right, let's find the annexation of Puerto Rico. Let's go Statue of Liberty. Let's, let, let, let's just go five wides, and everybody just runs out routes. You know, you're just thinking of random things and writing them on paper. It didn't have a flow as far as the formations because that's one of the biggest things, Wolf. When you're setting up that first 15, you want to show the same formations a couple of times throughout, but give different things off of them, right? Yes. And you want to also set up the different pass plays at the base of your passing game. You want to set up similar-looking uh, formations, so to speak, but have different routes off of them so that you force those DBs to make a decision. You force those safeties to commit a little bit earlier. You force that linebacker to cheat a little bit left or right so that you don't just see base template everything's even across the middle and now I don't know where to go pre-snap like all of these things that's why you use the motions effectively and sometimes I felt like they just threw a motion in just to throw a motion in and yes. then they added a second motion because they're like let's try and confuse them and you confuse yourself in the process because you got three rookies starting on the field yep. and, and it, it, it never felt like everybody was on the same page at all times you know I, I think you're you're hitting it and we talked about this a lot and again, I go back to cultivating that fast start mindset. Look, it's something I think from day one you've got to really preach about 
getting the fast start mentality offensively and defensively, but that especially offensively so that you come out of the gate smoking a little bit. You know, one of the things that I look at when I, I talk about this, I go back to, I remember back in your day, they used to have a sign on the on the door as you go out onto the practice field that Mike Tomlin had, and it said, take the field. Take the field. Yep. There's a difference between walking out, sauntering out, sashaying out, however Touch would put it, out onto the practice field to get something going, and taking the field with a mindset that let's light the torch and let's go, baby. You know, because you, that to me, that's where you get the guys going. You start to cultivate that. Let's get that fast start going and make sure from, from the first whistle to the last snap that we are on point in what we got to do out here in practice. And it's about cultivating that mindset of a fast start. Well, and it's also making sure, you know, what also feeds into that fast mindset is I know what I'm doing, right? Because my first 15 plays are given to me. And I should know these plays inside and out mentally. I should have repped them in my mind. I should have repped them in practice. I should have watched versions of it on film and I shouldn't have to think I should be able to once once a quarterback calls a play in the huddle I should sprint to the line and be at the line ready to rock and roll I think that also presents the mentality because that gets the defense like oh oh these dudes these dudes are quick hold on hold on I'm not ready for this right you know and, and I think far too many times last season guys would just kind of saunter to the line out, out, out of the out of the break and you're looking around left and right kind of uh, eyes wide open. Um, okay, where is okay? There he is. There he is. Whereas you need to go up like boom. Mike's over here, guys. All right, da 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 da. You know, here's our assignment calls. Get down in your stance and be ready to rock and roll. And it presents that mental imagery of being fast. Like being fast before the play creates the fastness in the play. If that makes any sense, oh, it um, does. Because it gives you it gives you confidence. Yeah, you, 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 and also exudes confidence. And I think yes. that confidence transfers along your line, but it also translates fear to the opponent. Like, shoot, they know what they're doing. You know, and, yes. and I didn't really see that. And, and we always talked about that, that rhythm and confidence and, you know, having young guys on the line, right? Dan Moore, a true rookie, slated out there at left tackle. Kendrick Green in the middle trying to figure out everything and teams are trying to confuse him. And then you got Kevin Dotson, the second-year guy, and then, you know, on the right side, Chooks is starting to get into his form. And, and you're left thinking, okay, Trey Turner's just like, I, I, I'm here. I'm, I'm ready to fight anybody. So, right. you know, just snap the ball. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go, you know, what we like to call butthole and elbows. That's a PC way of saying it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. um, and, and you just, you, ne- you but that was it. It wasn't, it wasn't like, okay, you know, we talked about this yesterday. Five fingers create a fist. I never saw a fist. I, you know, a couple of times I saw the two fingers poking out, kind of Three Stooges style. Right. Right. You know, <laughs> you know, yep. whoop, 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 you know, yep, type of yep. deal. But I never saw the fist or the hammer that came out from this offensive line. And we and that was what we were anticipating with Najee Harris in the backfield. We were going to get more hammer fists than anything else. And I never really saw that. All right. Go back to now, as, as I talked about, cultivating that practice. So that you, you know, like the, the seven shots, Mike would start up with, you know, practice and, and, and kind of kickstart things. You know, to me, even starting practice sometimes with a little, as close to Oklahoma as you can get, you know, the one-on-ones, whether it's pass pro, stuff like that's a way of like kind of 
kicking it in the butt a little bit, getting your adrenaline rolling early in practice. So that you got to be spot on, point on. You want to be ready to go when the whistle blows. And that, to me, is important because the gimmicks don't work. You know, I remember back at Syracuse University, one of the gimmicks before we played Penn State or Pitt up there, right? We, we warmed up at Manly Fieldhouse, which was about a half a mile away from the stadium, all right, or a mile or something. And, and so the whole time, the other team's out there waiting for us. We don't come out. And then we come up at the last second. We already warmed up, and we just come out on the field, and they're looking at us, and they still beat us, all right? Yeah. <laughs> the gimmickry, it doesn't work, okay? But that mindset and making sure that everybody – Starts taking the practice field with that mindset of take the field, don't walk out on the field, don't just go out, get yourself ready to go in a way that is exemplary of what a real pro is, and the vet's got to lead the way in this area. And I really think that maybe including some sort of those competitive-type drills, that's going to get the juices flowing, but they have to have that mindset for the offense because you can't afford to keep coming out and only putting up 37 points total in the first quarter all season long. Well, no, and that's that, that's what it is. But it's also making sure you cultivate um, the guys to have a mental confidence about it, right? You've right. got to cultivate. Hey, when we run this play, you should know this play. It's like let's fire out on this guy, or when it is one-on-one pass rush, like there is no play call, there is no fan, there's no duel, there's no overcalls, right? You know, it's like me one-on-one mano y mano. Let's see what you got. Let's see what I got, and let's get let's get the job done. So you have to create those easy things. Or if you are man on man in a base play, right? Yes. Uh, you know our old play was called ride thirty four base. That it was like listen, two out here, two of us go mess them up, and let's get forward and let's get going so that you get some mental positivity to to put in the bank for later in practice. You know it's exactly so when you first take. That first couple of snaps, it's about declaring, okay, no quarter asked, no quarter given here, fellas. Let's rock. And, and if it is asked, it I'm not giving it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. No you know no I mean? brother-in-laws out here. We're not teammates yet. We are, we are <laughs> no all individuals trying to make it on this team. We're trying to make the 53-man roster. So there is no friendship. There is no buddy-buddiness. That is for off the field, right? When you take the field, your nameless gray faces, as Mike Tomlin likes to say, on the other side of the ball, and then in your unit, you that, that's your band of brothers. That That's my five or six when you're counting the tight end, right? Us six have to be locked tight. There's no, there's no weak points in this fence. We are the strongest chain mail that you're going to wear. Exactly so. You know, the only thing I will say one time was taking the field. I'm just looking at the field down here in front of the Chuck Knoll field, you know, the the, the stands yeah. there. And I, I'm, I'm remembering a moment when we were running our 350s at the end of practice. Now, 350s were 350 yards. It was around the whole outside of the football field. And Mike Webster was leading the way. Well, the one thing that stands out always in my memory is if you don't challenge Mike for the lead, he'll hold the pace down a little bit, right? But if you get up yeah. there and you try to uh, take the lead from him, he'll, he'll, he'll run you into the ground, right? And I remember yeah. one time as, as we were cruising around and, Mike, the pace was really slowing down, Chuck looked at us and yelled, you guys, you guys look like a union out there. <laughs> 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 you know, instead of taking the field, we were 
we were uh, assembling a, a group of buffalo stampeders that were not stampeding. <laughs> we were moving at a very slow gait. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that, that's what you have to do. I mean, I remember when we used to run half gassers across the width of the yes. field, so that's about 100 yards, right? But it's a 50 and 50 yes. um, over and back. Um, you know, I just remember, like, it was it was one of those things where, you know, you run them, you're like, man, why am I doing this? But then, uh, you know, you, you'd usually inevitably have that one guy that's like, fourth quarter, fourth quarter, yeah. overtime, Overtime, that's why we do this, and it, it resets your mind. But yes. you're also conditioning yourself for putting yourself in the worst possible position. That's what that after-practice running was for, was to mentally prepare you that whatever you've given, you're still going to have to give more at some point. So you want to create that mindset, right? Because you don't want to have it slacking. You don't want it to not look good to everybody watching what you're doing, right? It's almost like, you know, what you do in the dark will come to the light <laughs> in a lot of those respects. So this is your extra credit, and you want to get 100% because you know you didn't, you didn't get 100% on the test already, so I need a couple extra points to boost my score up from a C to a maybe a B- minus and make it look more palatable, and that's what the extra credit running is for. Hey, a B- minus is, is good stuff, man. Now, Exactly, but that, but, but that, but, but that C, but that C, you don't want to see that C, you no. know, you know, you don't want to take that home to mom and dad, you know, hey, look at my report no. card or look at my test, you know, they're like, what is this? I, I, you know, you hit them with the old line, C is for a degree. It's like, no, 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 I want to show some B's on there. So this is what that extra credit is for, because I need to. May, maybe my language arts was a little lacking, you know, this semester. You know, I, and I need, I need something to pump it up. Okay, let me just get this extra test. That's what you're doing. And training camp's the perfect place, right? This is the workshop. This is the woodshed. This is the forge, so to speak, where you get to test and mold and hammer away to give a presentable product when you go to the market to sell. And that's what this opportunity – but it also you have other like minds, that are there and hopefully iron can sharpen iron in a lot of those situations and you can smooth out the rough edges in this environment but this is the best place because all you're surrounded by is ball when you're at training right camp. that that's the emphasis that is that is the goal that is the daily treatment that is everything is ball and that's what creates teams and that's what creates success is having that unification in the suck so to speak because you're in a dorm room you're you're at a college and you're going through this every day for the better part of a month. No question about it, but I will tell you this, Max, as someone who was a little bit academically deficient, uh, I kind of high-fived on some C's in my past. <laughs> I mean, well, it's, di it's different. Yeah, I'm I mean, just saying, yeah. okay? What, All right, what's I don't your have baseline? Many, I don't have degrees what's like your you. baseline? <laughs> and you want to do a little bit better than that. I get it. So maybe it was a D that turned into a C, but at the same time, it's trying to get a little bit better. Right, it's trying to get a little Absolutely. bit better than you no were. Absolutely, no questions asked. So that, so that, so that you don't have any questions when I look in your eyes. Fourth quarter, fourth and goal, five seconds left. We're calling a run. We will not be denied. No doubt about it. Now, if it was a test, <laughs> yeah, one, one where you, you know, you're in college and you got to fill out the blanks. Uh, not so good. The C's did work at that point. But I get your point for that. By the way, the great Ricky Manning, who was one of our wonderful police officers, 
who who's works security out there and who sings the national anthem prior to some of the games just came by and, and said hello. And so it's always good to see our our, uh, our first responders and and the you know the men and women that protect us in this great country. By golly, that's good stuff. Okay, so we're going to take a break now. We're going to come back with more. Max, when we come back, I want you to think about defensively. What do we got to do? What's the overarching theme for you defensively uh, like we just did offensively? All right, we'll be back more after this. You're listening to the official voice of Black and Gold Nation, SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Yep. A little bit of uh, kind of what what do you think is a 10,000-foot view type of overarching theme, offensively speaking? And for me, it's really all about getting a fast start for the offense because of the fact that they only scored 37 first-quarter points all season long. And, Great googly moogly. I mean, that's that's just not winning football. Max, I didn't ask you if that was also your thoughts on the offense, and I want to give you that opportunity right now. If you have any thoughts on offensively, something other than what we just discussed, uh, I will say, actually sustaining drives, okay. getting over midfield, and putting pressure on the opponent. Whether you do score or not, it's just flipping the field offensively and not going three and out. I think that's kind of one of my overarching themes because that eventually leads to what you're talking about, the faster starts. If you can get consistently across the 50, you're now pushing into field goal range. Field goal range then leads to scoring range. And you continue to get closer and closer to touchdowns. You know, I think that's what that mindset is when you're talking about the fast start. So it's kind of similar, just a little bit different. Same focal point of fasting start is getting across the 50. Because far too many times last season, especially at the beginning of games in the first quarter, we weren't even getting to the 50-yard line. Hell, we weren't even getting to our own 45. So I don't want to see Presley Harvin's impressive 42.6 punt average. I want him to be doing like little coffin corner, drop kick style punts, right? to get the extra 20 to 30 yards um, back for your defense. That's what I want to see. So I think I'm in the same boat. It's just I'm on a different side of the boat. Or is it a chicken and egg thing? Because if you get a fast start, you get over the 50, you know, <laughs> or or do you have That's a – you're sustaining drives and it creates a fast start? I don't know. Is that a chicken or an egg type of thing? To me, just make an omelet. There you go. Break it up and hey, you have at it. There, scramble, scrambles are the best. <laughs> scramble, okay. You know my brother too Ronnie. Too much finesse. I, too much my finesse brother Ronnie makes up awesome omelets. I mean, he's really good at it. No doubt about it. Um, he's okay. never invited me over. Oh, except really? for the One time when you I would have me. invited you over. We, you, he was inviting yeah. you over through me, who was texting you, who did not get an answer from you when we were down there because your phone was on the fritz or something, right? Yeah, but okay. I've also filled in and worked with Ron for the last six years as well. So, <laughs> so what does that say? That it took it took you making making the Great Western push for me to finally get an invitation. That, that that's the other question I have to ask. Well, yeah, I can understand. <laughs> you can ask him that, right? Uh, all I can tell I you, I live is- exactly twenty seven miles away from him. 
Yeah. You know. There you go. But you but you had to come two thousand miles over here for me to get the invitation. I'm just saying. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. I get no respect. I get, I get no, no respect. respect. <laughs> uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, I yeah. told the doctor. I said it hurts when I do it. He said, Don't do that. All right. Now, let me ask you then, uh, defensively speaking, if you got an overarching 10,000-foot view of what you want um, a theme to be, defensively speaking, what would that be? I think we Stop both got the some. run. Thank you. Thank Stop you. Stop the run. <laughs> if anything, think about this. They were dead last against the run. When's the last time you heard the Steelers were dead last oh. in that category ever? Um, so getting back to basics, stopping the run, forcing the pass is got to be number one because we know what they've done the last five years when it comes to sacks. They've led the league in sacks over five years in a row. Unprecedented territory. Yes. When they get into passing situations, we're going to win. But far too many times teams would go run heavy and you wouldn't have to think about that. And I think that has to be the emphasis. You know, well said, Max. Look at this. The Steelers gave up almost 2,500 yards rushing last oh. year in, in 2021, all right? Think about this. It's just the second time in the Super Bowl era that the Steelers gave up more than 2,000 yards. They, the opponents averaged 146.1 yards per game. That's the most ever for the Steelers. In four of the final nine games, the Steelers gave up 200 yards, and the Bengals almost eclipsed 200 again when they rushed for 198. So it would have been five teams in the final nine games. Think about this. T.J. Watt got 22 and a half sacks. You got Alex Highsmith throwing in, what, nine or seven sacks right there? And then you got Cam yeah. Hayward with double digits. And Think all the sacks they had, and they're giving up sometimes over 200 yards rushing. And they're not a fast yeah. start. On What could T.J. Watt and the rest of that wrecking crew do if they came out with a fast start, were able to sustain drives so that you bottle them up, shut the runoff, and then come after them with that, pa- that pass rush? My goodness, it's scary. Yeah, there wouldn't even been a question about the Tyler Huntley, whether he slid or whether he declared yes. himself as a runner sack. He would have had that sack record well in advance at the rate he was going. But like you said, more rushing opportunities leads to more TFLs and sacks. And we didn't see that many TFLs because teams were rushing and having success, so they kept doing it. No question about it, man. I mean, I think about that. You know, you know there's only so many sacks you can get. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you have somebody, you got a, 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 a man-eater like T.J. Watt on one end, you know, you're not going to get a lot of sacks if you're on the other end, you know, because T.J. Watt is going to get a large part of those sacks. And, and the fact is, if you're able to put the defense or the offense uh, in these really disadvantageous type positions where you can get after them on the, uh, you know, you stuff the run on first down, second down, what have you, and leave this guy in, in deep, do do for a third down man oh man that's going to heat up the rush and i just i look at that and i think they got to stop this run this is like unbelievable i think tyson coming back is going to be big i think the fact that you signed uh, larry Ogunjobi, who could this guy could be uh, figuring in pretty prominently if that foot is all healed up and he is able to retain some of his form uh from you know over the years the guy is a, a pretty serious player no absolutely i think you know, that was one of the issues, and we kind of dealt with it on the fly last season. You know, because you think about, remember week one in Buffalo, 
you're like, oh man, okay, this defense is humming, and we're starting to get some things. We're, we're you know, we're, we're working around the absence of Stefan to it. We're yes. trying to figure out what it's and we're like, man, okay, this defense looks pretty good. And then we get to the first home opener, week two, and we lose Tyson Alualu. Yeah, like, you know, right there early in the game, T.J. Watt gets injured, and now we're scrambling. We're like, what? what, what the defensive line is decimated at this point, and we've, we, you know, we've technically only lost two guys and we lost our, our best outside pass rusher. And then Cam Hayward says, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. And, and he, he does He does his best impression of being, of being manimal. And, and I think that's kind of where we started to then go back, right? We started to kind of retreat a little bit defensively. And then we were always playing catch up the rest of the season, right? We're trying to find guys. We're trying to see if it's bugs or if it's Davis, who can, who can give us something? Can we smash them together and hopefully get one good play? We're going through all of these processes to figure out, Chris Wormley, we need you to play 90% of the snaps now because we don't have any depth. I'm like, <laughs> your, your defense really altered early in the year, and you were kind of, you know, kind of back with your guard up. Like in a, in a boxer, you're in the corner, and you're just trying to absorb these punches and not have, make sure they're not critical strikes. And I think we're in a healthier position going into camp right now um, because of it. Because we had to deal with adversity, because guys had to grow up, right? Like Isaiah Loudermilk. Think about that. Last season, yes. we were complaining, you know, about what's the defense going to be able to do if Isaiah Loudermilk's not in the rotation. And he was supposed to be a guy that was supposed to, quote, unquote, have like a redshirt type year, a year to grow and kind of get some situational situations to where he was a fixture on the defense. So now this year we come into a better position going into camp to really have a better rotation to have some competition to make this unit even stronger. I would agree. My uh, no, no doubt about it. I, I just, you know, the thing about it is, can they play to the level that Stefan to it was? I, because I don't care what you say, and I always feel this way. Stefan never fully achieved his potential. I always felt there was more. You know, we saw it in the in the year before. Uh, you know, he uh, lost his brother and had all the issues. I mean, we saw what this guy was capable of doing, and I thought, I think that was, what, 2020 or something like that? And I thought, what, Gadzooks, if this guy puts together another one, takes another step forward, you're going to have the equivalent of a couple of Cam Haywards or a couple of Stefan Tuits matching up together on the inside, and that is going to mean, I mean, it's like pick your poison amongst the front end of the, the Steelers' defense in the pass rush, you know, because these guys can get after it, and they are they are physically man eaters out there um again you know it's i'm just sorry for Stefan that it couldn't have been it couldn't materialize like i sort of had hopes it would like all of us had hopes it would but uh, i think with larry ogunjobi chris wormley and again isaiah Loudermilk, um i think you got an opportunity to be able to uh fulfill the stats that need to be filled in that position by the way wormley did a great job seven sacks yeah. there and 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 you know looking like he he belonged in the club that's for sure well i i will say this um i am now going to dub warmly the raven killer the raven because, killer there you go because because th- when you think about those seven sacks and and the performances yet those baltimore games he was a huge reason for success that's true in those baltimore games he was he was amazing and so when I look at that, it was like, yes, we know he has it in there, but yes, he's an older player, and yes, he's like, we'll give you that every game. But if he can create that new baseline, 
I mean, that, that, was, that was tremendous last year to step up when needed and when called upon and answer the call was huge. But I, here's the other question. How else do you effectively stop the run outside of your D-line, outside of your outside linebackers? It's inside linebackers, right, Wolf? Yes, that's it. And that's it. we're going to see. Joe Schobert was a great fill-in. We got him after the Philly preseason game. And he, I mean, second on the team in tackles. But what are we going to get from Miles Jack? And what are we going to get from Devin Bush now another year removed from that injury? Where is his confidence level at? Beautiful. And we'll pick up where we left off. That's the first hour in the bank. We'll be back with more. We are here at St. Vincent's College enjoying training camp. Training camp. All right, we'll be back with more after this. Black and gold football lives here. What a play! 24-7. You're listening.